Magic Club. Together, we'll discover inspirational stories of creative entrepreneurs living out their dreams, doing the work they are most passionate about, and building wealth in magical and fun ways. While building a six-figure income as a writer and coach, helping other women to launch their dream businesses, I've connected with so many incredible people and seen it proven again and again that you can thrive financially doing whatever it is you are passionate about. I'm here to share life-changing strategies for mindset, making money, and reaching more people with your work in a business and life filled with creativity, freedom, and fun. Hi everyone, welcome. I'm so excited to introduce my guest that I have with me today. Shannon De Palma is a financial coach for female entrepreneurs that want to optimize their cash flow and grow their net worth. She's also the mother of two under two and believes in managing your money, counting your coins and building wealth slowly for the future that feels good for you and your family. Hi Shannon, thank you so much. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for this conversation um, for many reasons that we will dive into. But first off, please tell us, how did you get into becoming a financial coach for female entrepreneurs? Okay. So let's go all the way back to when I first started making more money, which was my first business as a wedding flower designer. I started booking clients at two, 5,000 and then had my first $10,000 wedding client. And I was like, wow, this is amazing, but it was too much work for me. So I ended up selling that business, which was really cool. Cause that was my first time that I ever had like a big chunk of money come to me for not really doing that much work involved. So I found that really interesting. And then from there, I navigated myself into doing coaching for specifically wedding professionals. I branched out to female entrepreneurs and I really saw that there was a need for women to charge more money for their services ask for more money, be okay with making more money. And that eventually led me down a path of being like, I'm making a lot of money, but I was still carrying a lot of credit card debt. And I was like, why am I carrying credit card debt? I'm making a good amount of money. I'm making it in a way that I really enjoy now, but I was still carrying around $17,000 of credit card debt and eventually got up to $25,000 of credit card debt. And I was booking $10,000 clients and having $30,000 launches as a coach. And I then went on my big financial journey. And that's kind of how I came today to become a financial coach for women because I saw not only was it about making more money, but it was really about managing that money very, very well. That's amazing. I love that that was your journey. And thank you for doing the work that you do because it's so freaking important. And I really identify with that too, as somebody who, you know, I've been a traditional like ostrich kind of head in the sand, not looking at, not dealing with my finances, just living my life, never having enough money, always being in a pinch, always being in scarcity. And, you know, to the point that I knew I had to do something about it. So I got really good at growing an income, which is, you know, what my business was kind of the the journey for me to learn that skill. And then I discovered, obviously, I had to take responsibility and learn some skills for taking better care around my money along the way, just to kind of release the anxiety and the resistance and just kind of the emotional spiraling that was happening for me around money had to be shifted in order for me to allow more in. 
But then I discovered that just simply making more money doesn't make financial disorganization go away. And that's really Mm -hmm. been the journey that I've been on since I kind of, you know, got to that similar point as you've been mentioning, like, you know, successfully bringing in good money in really mm-hmm. fun ways in my business and then being like, hang on a minute, how come I'm still on a roller coaster and um, feeling really out of control in my financial management. And so I think it's just really important to be talking about it and acknowledging that there's so many different aspects of our relationship with money, like earning money is one part. Mm-hmm taking care of it is another part, you know, investing it and keeping it and growing it is like a total other part that all requires education, habit change, you know, real like diligence and dedication to changing our behavior in those areas. So, um, and, and I, you know, definitely am someone who agrees with what you, you were saying that women need to be earning more money. There's a reason there's a wage gap. And I really believe that that's women aren't asking for more money. Like we're not asking for more. And there's so many reasons why we're culturally um, influenced to not ask for more or to fear asking for more or to resist asking for more or genuinely, you know, asking for more and getting turned down. Um, Mm -hmm. Something that I think this conversation is so important to be having so that we you know, take our power back and take responsibility for changing that reality. So I would love for you to share, like, what are some of the, the, the key pieces that, you know, you struggled with and that you see as common struggles for women as they are getting out of a disempowered relationship with money to one where that where it's stable, where, you know, money is supportive, where money creates freedom and money actually allows them to live the life that they want to live. Yeah, I look at it like what I see really happening is it's almost like this like layered relationship we have with money, right? So I feel like at the bottom is just kind of that like awareness part. Like in the bottom, it's just, oh, I'm just becoming aware that I have a relationship with money, right? Like a lot of us just get to this place. Oh, wait a second. I just start waking up and realizing either I can charge more money, either I can ask for more money. It's just the just the general awareness, right? So beneath that is just not even thinking about your money at all, just accepting whatever money you get paid, whatever clients will pay you. Um, and then just always thinking someday my money will be taken care of. So I kind of look at that as the first layer, right? And then the second layer I see happening, which I like to say is a bigger layer because it's what a lot of us coaches go through. We start uncovering what money beliefs, money ideas, we have money stories, and we start to uncover all of that, right? And then also within that layer, we start to ask for more money. We start to be comfortable with receiving more money, right? So there's all these things, which I'm sure a lot of us and probably a lot of your listeners might be familiar with too. And I know they're also creatives in your audience. So they probably are starting to become aware that they have a money story, that they have money beliefs, that they have money blocks, and that they need to ask for more money. They need to charge for more money, right? We need to start thinking about things like maybe profit. But on that very, very top layers, I like to look at it as like a thin layer, is then, okay, and now I'm making a good amount of money, but I'm still undoing things like carrying debt. I still don't have a savings account. Um, I still don't have a 401k started, or maybe I never rolled over my 401k for my corporate job. Um, I don't think about things like refinancing my mortgage at a lower interest rate. I don't think about things like if I invest my money into index funds, like a lot of people don't even want to think about things like investing in the stock market 
or just asking questions and becoming curious about our finances. That's really what that top layer is, is I'm just becoming curious about what my money can do for me. So I see a lot of women get really comfortable in that second layer, which is, okay, it's fun to journal about money. It's fun to set new affirmations. It's fun to uncover beliefs and blocks. That's the fun stuff, right? And then that top layer is that's where the work comes in. That's the work part. That's the part that makes so many people uncomfortable, mostly because it comes off as intimidating. It comes off as, I don't know what to do with my money. Only probably men and people in suits and people with, you know, CPAs and accountants and all those other things, they know what to do with my money. And that's fine. Like that's a great place to be, even to be having a CPA or an accountant or even hiring a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. But it's really about you saying, like, it's my turn to start asking questions. It's my turn to start sitting at the table with my money. It's my turn to start actually creating a budget. It's my turn to actually start saying where I want my money to go or how I can save money here or how I can pay off debt faster. That's usually that big piece that I see holding a lot of women back. So we're great in that big part. Like, Money blocks, money beliefs, money. That stuff is fun. This part, the top part, that's where I see a lot of women just stop. That's where it's like, okay, I've made a lot of money. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to look at it. Maybe I'll do something like hire an accountant. Maybe I just won't even address it at all. Maybe I will never have a budget. I don't know where my money's going. That's the big piece that I think a lot of us need to start focusing on and looking at. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I want to share like the real struggle that it's been for me to Mm -hmm. move into that conversation. And one thing that I've noticed um, as a pattern that's, you know, common for me, also for clients and other, you know, creatives and entrepreneurs that I speak to is really going through that. It's like that little barrier of discomfort where you sit down. And the thing that I think really holds us back a lot is because it triggers feelings of disempowerment because it's yes. a lot of information. It can be quite mm-hmm. to digest, particularly if you're more of a right brain person than a left brain person. Um, or if you just have resistance to like boring administrative tasks, which hello. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so like going into that world can trigger like feeling really like overwhelmed, really um, like out of your power, really like not good enough, really, you know, like Mm -hmm. shame for not Mm -hmm. like this or not having dealt with this sooner or for, you know, like for me, it was really the problems that my financial disorganization put me in that forced me to go through this learning curve. And, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm so grateful that I, you know, I've said yes to it and I've been dealing with it and moved through a lot of that discomfort. And obviously one of the keys to that is just having support from someone who you actually resonate with mm-hmm. and you know, going to places where you vibe with the advice that you're getting and that person is kind of tailoring it to your type of person. I think that's really important. But once you kind of go through that, um, like that on discomfort, then you start to find your way. And then it's actually, it can be super fun, right? When you start to find solutions, you start to implement them, implement them and you start to create some quick wins. And then that eventually leads to really so much more freedom and a lot less emotional stress that comes from not dealing with it and not talking about it and avoiding it because I feel like you're just putting those problems off till later in your life because that's really what we're talking about, isn't it? It's like, how am I going to 
how, what is my life going to look like towards the end of my life when I don't want to work or, you know, or something comes up or, you know, or I have a family or my situation is different from, you know, when I have tons of energy or tons of time or, you know, I'm uh, like, I'm good at something for now, but really thinking long-term as to how the different phases of our life are going to pan out and how we're going to provide for ourselves financially. Right, right. I think you touched on something. You touched on two things that are really important. So one is the, I mean, the whole thing actually explains it really well of why it's really hard for people to move from the middle layer to like the top layer. And I think you touched on shame, which is the biggest reason why most people don't get to the top layer of financial management, of why people don't pay it off. Because there is so much shame around money. I feel like there's more shame around money than there is around sex. You know how people are just supposed to be great at sex, right? Like everyone, like when you first are having sex, everyone's just supposed to be great at sex and know what to do. And none of us know what to do, right? Like nobody knows. So we all feel like shameful or embarrassed or whatever, right? Maybe some people don't. But I think that's a similar scenario to money is like, we're all supposed to know how to pay off debt. We're all supposed to know how to get a mortgage. We're all supposed to know and understand all this stuff and not carry student. And it's like, this is crazy to me. Like, no one taught you how. How are you ever going to know how to do these things if we don't teach it? It's not taught in a lot of places, right? At least I know it wasn't taught in my education. So how are any of us supposed to know how to manage money? And especially if you have parents that, we're dealing with their own shame around money and they never talked about money with you. So of course, you're you have no idea how to manage money and now you might be at a point in your business where you're making substantial amounts of it and now you've gotten to this place and for some reason you shame yourself into thinking that you're supposed to know how to pay off debt. You're supposed to know how to save money. You're supposed to know, right? Like and it's like what nobody knows how to do this stuff. And I feel like that really leads into like the second part that you touched on which is we need to know how to manage our money because of things that can pop up and happen. And that's exactly behind my story is that I became, I was making lots of money in my business. I became pregnant with my first kid and I could not work. Like my head was in the toilet. I could not work. All of a sudden, all my routes of, you know, oh, I'll just make more money. All That was always my solution to the, the problem of money was I'll just make more money. I'll just sign more clients. I'll just work harder next launch. I'll just have a bigger launch. All of a sudden became like not an option. Like it's not an option anymore. I'm like way too sick. I can't expend any of my energy to even move from the couch to the bed. Like how am I going <laughs> to expend any energy to hold the space for a coaching client? So really what happened in the journey from me getting pregnant and then to having actually like getting pregnant back to back. But the whole journey of my pregnancy was really me becoming clear about how to manage my money. And I started paying off debt when my daughter was first born. And then I was able to pay off all my debt before my second child, my son, was born. And that was within the span of like 16 months. And it really made me realize things like that happen all the time. People all of a sudden can't make more money. It can't be their solution anymore. And they have to figure out some way to manage the money they have now to make it work in their life. And that was really, really an awakening point for me. So I had to just release any shame there was around debt that I had and just say, time to figure this out because I'm having a baby and I don't want to bring kids into this world carrying large amounts of debt. Like it's just, that's just never what I wanted for my future. That's amazing that having your kid really shifted that perspective for you. I always yeah. hear, like when you have a kid, every, your perspective on life just changes and it really yes. like a fire under you to actually 
turn around some of the things that you've kind of been okay with for a long time in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I mean, it's super common for women, right? If you're going to have a baby, it's just an unpredictable time physically. Like you yes. don't have control over what your body is doing during that period. And then obviously yeah. when you have young kids and, um, and then like, we don't know how long we're going to live for, you know, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the way that things are evolving, maybe we'll live to with 200 at this point. <laughs> Like I'm planning oh a long and healthy and fun life. And I want to make sure that I don't end up in like a government subsidy nursing home at the end of it. And women live longer than men. Mm-hmm. And so we need to talk about this stuff and we need to deal with it. And we need to, you know, like learn these tools and these skills as early as possible so that we have that time. Like one thing that I've just been learning about is uh, the power of compound interest. And it's something that I, you know, hear people mm-hmm. talk about all the time. And, but I've actually been plugging the numbers into a compound interest calculator. And oh, my favorite. It's my favorite hobby. <laughs> it's one of my favorite hobbies. But like the difference between... 30 years and 40 years, it's like your money just like, <laughs> I don't even know, like eight triple the amount of money that's in there. Like it's insane. And oh I'm, my God. Like, I'm already 36. So I'm going to be like towards 80 by that 40 year mark. So, you know, if you're younger, get on the whole compound interest thing. Like that's the number one tip I have for you. But, um, I had a, actually had a coaching client the other day and she was telling me about uh, this 401k that she had from her old corporate job before she became a, photo- a photographer. And she was telling me about this. She didn't know, like she hadn't rolled it over. She wasn't doing anything with it. So we sat there and I plugged her numbers into, so I use investmentcalculator.net. I don't know which one you use, but I, I love that one. So simple, so easy to use. I plug her numbers in and I say, by the time you're 65, you're going to have $700,000 in that account. Like, did you know that? Were you aware of this? Did you understand that this is why you need to roll it over to another? Like, (laughs) she was just avoiding it. And here she is thinking and feeling that she has no money, that she's not making enough or that she doesn't feel good. I mean, she was feeling good about money, but feeling anxious about money. And I said, if with just a little bit of awareness and just a little bit of like, okay, I'm going to take charge and I'm going to look at my money and I'm going to calculate my money, you know, like just doing a little bit of that. I was like, listen, you're going to have $700,000 in 30 years. Like, what's the problem here? Like, there's no issue here. And that was just like such an exciting moment to see like money doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be something you avoid. Like if you do that, look at the great thing that happens. All of a sudden that day you realize, wow, I have a good amount of money like set aside for my retirement. I could put aside more. And then how much more would that get me back? You know, if I put some more money aside, if I paid off debt, you know, those things to me are just so exciting. So I'm so glad you used one too, because I thought I was the only one who does that for fun all the time. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point too, because often it's like, it's the not looking that's the not looking. Yes. Because yes. I, you know, and I've been in that habit before where obviously I was not looking because I knew it was not a good situation. But then I, that pattern still comes up for me where I'll I'll be in a state of anxiety and avoidance just as a pattern. And then I remember, mm-hmm. oh, if I just go in and check my numbers and then I'll check my numbers and be like, actually, I'm fine. Like, I, <laughs> right. I don't need to be anxious right now. I was, my brain was just like going to that place. So it's so important to be cultivating that. Um that consistent conversation. And, and another thing that I have found that has been helping me is 
just like noticing how much time it actually takes because so often I'll resist, you know, like mm-hmm. I have a to-do list of things that I know will really support me. And it's been on my to-do list for a while and there's been some resistance around it. Um, and it feels like it's going to take such a long time. But then when I sit myself down to do it, sometimes that task can take 10 minutes, you know, yes. like checking that account or just yes. like picking up one piece of information and it can actually take such a little amount of time and it like you say like your story that you just shared completely shifts your perspective on where you are in your life and what's possible for you and just like opens you up to so much more happiness and freedom when we actually take the time to be in that conversation right so just that little just that little bit like I wish if people just knew that like if you just like for me um so I have a budget, right? And I used to check it daily, but I'm I'm in this place where I'm not like spending it. I mean, I have a newborn at home. I'm not spending that much. I'm not making that many transactions a day, right? So for me, it doesn't make sense to check it daily anymore, but I check it probably every other day, weekly. It takes two minutes, <laughs> two minutes to go in and, and check my budget and see, you know, like, am I still on track with what money I put aside for this? Am I still on track for this? Uh, this train, you know, these transactions came through. I didn't put that much aside for coffee this month. I don't know if I like how that felt, how much I spent on coffee this month, you know, but then I can also be like, yeah, well, you know, I have a newborn, so (laughs) I kind of need to spend a lot of money on coffee this month, (laughs) but think about it. Two minutes, two minutes it takes. And it's just a little assessment of my spending and just being aware of, where my money is going. Is it doing the things I want to do? Did I want to spend that much on coffee this month? You know, just those, just those two minutes, two minutes, right? Just break up the pattern of feeling uncomfortable. If we put, like, honestly, if we stop spending so much time in the drama of the thing, like if, if we stop like just wasting our time in the buildup of it and yeah, like in the drama of it, you would have so much more time and energy to spend on the things that actually move your life forward. <laughs> like we all know that. Totally. And actually, you know, thinking about it, checking in with your money is actually a really great self-reflection tool because it is literally a trail of like where you're investing. Yes. Time what in. you value, what yeah. matters that month, what doesn't matter that month. It's such a reflect, such a reflection. Yeah. And I think it's so important you know, to acknowledge, yes, it can be extremely uncomfortable because of that fact, because often there's things that we're not comfortable with that we do want to change. And actually it's more comfortable to not look at those things. So mm-hmm. I think it's so important to just have self-compassion and really, you know, like self-celebration, obviously all the time as a coach, we all know this is just like the biggest power tool we have in our kit. And to, you know, really celebrate ourselves for taking those steps, really celebrate ourselves for being in the discomfort and knowing that like anything new, it's uncomfortable in the beginning, but then yeah. it's shift and then it starts to feel so good. And it's so supportive that it's really life-changing. It is. It is. I mean, it's obviously life-changing because your life will change. You will have more money. You may have a better retirement setup. You may have, I mean, there's so many different things that can change. You could have a better car. You could have a bigger house. You could, you know, maybe you downsize and that feels better. You know, there's so many different ways your life can change once you actually start making what I would call is like aware choices around your money, like actually deciding where I want my money to go. For me, that's just always like the first step for most female entrepreneurs is that we just don't even know where their money's going. Like if I ask them where their money went, they just don't know for that month. They know they spent this much. And they had this much left over and they were able to pay themselves this much. But like, where did that money go? If I was to ask them, you know, down to a penny, where did that money go? It's like, 
well, I don't know. I, I know some of it's here and some of it's there and some of it's there. And I'm like, but what if we actually going into next month instead of, right? Here's a fun idea. Instead of saying, okay, I have this much in expenses. This is how much money I need to make. It's like, this is how much money I want to profit or pay myself. And then everything else comes after that. Like, like it, it's not expenses first, it's pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I know you're interested in like profit first, right? That was like a, a theory you really like. And that was, that's the approach I take to money now too, is always like my husband and I were sitting down before 20, before 2021 began. And we were saying, well, this is how much we want to put aside to put into our investment accounts. You know, not just a 401k, not a Roth IRA. We have investments accounts now too. And we were saying, well, we want to put this much aside. And he was like, well, these are our expenses though. So how much will we have left over? And I said, no, 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 no. It's how much do we want to put in the investment account? Expenses will then like adjust themselves to that amount. And I think that's such a fun exercise for female entrepreneurs to do. Like, first of all, when it comes to your money is not like, this is how much my expenses are, but how much do I want to pay myself? And then adjust your expenses from there. Yeah, I think this is such a huge concept. And I think it connects so deeply to like a lot of self-sabotaging patterns that women have around people pleasing, you know, Mm -hmm. just like those survival patterns to put other people's comfort first and to take care of other people first, because that's how we feel comfortable in making other people comfortable first. Yes. It's, it's like, it feels like it's flipping the switch (laughs) that is a priority. And it can like, I'm still kind of in the, in the process of like implementing that conversation and really like understanding because it took me a while to be like, but like, you know, get just getting over like the panic of making sure that my bills are paid. Yes. To the concept that I could provide for myself first before. <laughs> I but it's crazy, right? So I think, yeah, I think that's, that is such a good, that's such a good way to put it though, from like a perspective of like helping people that are actually really like helping the women that are actually stuck there of saying like, okay, you want to put other people first and you want to pay other people first. We want to take care of everyone else first. That to me is like where the the actual mindset and the psychology of it comes from. It's like, of course, because of course we take care of everyone, especially I'll say, especially once you come into a mother role, um, everybody else is getting something first. (laughs) Like everybody else is getting everything from you first and you're getting things last. So of course it's like, well, in my business, I get last. (laughs) What else is going to happen, right? (laughs) Yeah, this is a huge, huge shift that gets for us. And I love this conversation so much. Thank you for coming on and sharing your, your wisdom. Please tell everybody, where can they find you? What have you got going on at the moment? Okay. So you can find me at shannondepalma.com. And what I am revving up to do is to open my mastermind program called Networthy Woman, which is about female entrepreneurs paying off debt, creating a six-month savings account, and creating investments for their future. So I'm going to be walking all of my mastermind clients through my five-step process of going from your business is making money to now creating that leftover money for investments and your future. And there's five steps to this whole thing. And I'm really excited for it. But also when you head to my website, grab two things. Grab Unfuck Your Money Mindset. It's a 44-page journal all around questions uncovering what are your mindset beliefs? What are your mindset blocks? What's going on in your head? Why wouldn't you want to make $20,000 this month? And asking you those really fun questions that we like to ask ourselves. 
And then the second thing is content that converts. I have four Facebook posts that have attracted $10,000 clients. And you can plug and play those into your business and start attracting high-end clients today. And Shannon has a ton of really, really great content on her website. So definitely go and check that out. Thank you so much, Shannon. And thank you everybody for watching. Please leave your comments, please subscribe, and please share this with anybody that you know who would benefit. Yes. Bye. Thank you. For more inspirational content, head over to my website with and please support the show by liking, commenting, and subscribing.